0: Well, Pastor Dave Mitchell and so glad to worship together and to include our Hispanic congregation and our Mandarin-speaking congregation are going to be coming in a little bit later for baptismal service as well. So we're blessed to have so many dear people that are part of the community we call Calvary Church, and we welcome you as well. Over the last month, the last three Sundays, we've been journeying together on a vision statement that we're unpacking each Sunday, and today is a culmination of that as we want to revisit All that we have said before. And here is that vision statement that uh, we want you to be able to read together. And so I'm going to invite you to turn to the next slide and we will see it. And here it is. Calvary seeks to be a church family that is better together, being changed by the gospel to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. Now I said it. I'm going to invite you to say it with me. Would you say it with me in unison? Calvary seeks to be a church family that is better together... Being changed by the gospel to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. And even as we speak about that, this is not something we work really hard at. I love this imagery that we have of the Volkswagen band that's over here, where it's facing the cross. It's when we go to the cross of Christ, where we let Jesus Christ become the Savior and the Lord of our lives, He begins to change us. It's not what we work hard to do. It's what He's already worked very hard on the cross to accomplish And we begin to accept his changing power in our lives. So, I want us to be that kind of a church. That's our desire. That's our goal. That's where we believe God is leading us. And so, we want to connect together. Here is the emphasis we want to look at, first of all, and that is where we connect together as a church family. Calvary Church seeks to be a church family that is better together. Now, being a church family is not always easy, Uh, being an individual family is not always easy. Uh, We all had Thanksgiving with various family members. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's challenging. But nevertheless, when you're a church family, when you're a physical family, when you're a blood family, you still work hard on building relationships and a quality relationship with one another. So we want to be that kind of a church family. Now I've got some Legos up here. Everybody loves Legos, right? I guess not everybody loves Legos. But you've got all these Legos up here and... And they're, they're fun little pieces. There's all kinds of colors and shapes and sizes. There's orange. There's blue. It's a square. It's a rectangular blue. It's a little couple of brown ones. And so we've got all these different colors and shapes and sizes. And each piece of a, le- of a Lego is kind of interesting to sort of look at it and you see it and identify it. It has value on its own. I'm not saying that any individual Lego doesn't have value. Because you know that there is potential for something that could be so much bigger than just the one Lego. As a church... All of us are individual. We're all different sizes and shapes, different ages, different ethnic orientations or backgrounds. And individually, we all have value. But once you become part of Christ, become part of a body, become part of a family, you begin to be knitted together and fitted together to something much larger. That's why I love these scriptures that the Apostle Paul gave to us when he said in Ephesians 4, but speaking the truth in love We are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We want to be fitted together. Each of us are unique and different. God created us to be different. But what's powerful is that when we take all of these pieces and we put them together together, we actually become part of something much greater than ourselves and it gives us an ability to be able to live out a life that is more fulfilling and more enriching because of what Christ does to each of us we become like a family Paul again Ephesians 2 says so then you are no longer strangers and aliens once you're part of a church family we're not strangers we're not aliens that all goes away we become connected to one another because we're fellow citizens with the saints. We've joined something bigger than us. It's a spiritual phenomenon that Christ does and performs through and in each of us so that we become God's household. We become that church family. So God never wants any strangers, anybody to be left out. He wants us to unite together. Now let me show you a little bit of an illustration of how when you knit together someone or a group of people as a church, you become something stronger. So I'm going to invite Doug to come on up here. We all know and love Doug Brown, a pastor of our high school ministries, student as well.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello.
0: Doug, welcome. Good to have you here with us. Good to, ha- good to be here. Thanks how for, are you? Thanks for coming to church today. Thank you. Um, <coughs> <laughs> we, we are... Uh, I'm a novice on Lego building, and I don't know how good Doug is, but you... you, you you I do have a
2: three-year-old. I'm pretty good.
1: I'm not okay, going to lie. Okay, so
0: you've got experience. I don't even actually remember our girls ever playing with Legos. Oh, well. Uh, so I'm a little bit of a novice, but I think <laughs> I can do well. So what we'd like to do is to have a little bit of a contest. We've got some Legos. I'm going to take these Legos back here, and uh, Doug and I... Let
1: me hey. see something. I got, you know, you got to... <sighs> uh, okay, perfect. Right, you got it. Okay, right. you got it. Perfect. We're good. All right. I got to know the Legos before I get it, you know.
0: <laughs> okay. Now all I'm right. ready. I'm ready. All right. Good. We're going to build something, I'm going to build something, Doug's going to build something. And then we want to present to you what we've built. And you can decide which one has done the better job, which one has created something that has real significance. And while Doug and I are building these things together, I want you to show what happens, the the beautiful mastery of those skilled hands that can take those individual Legos and piece them together as something bigger than itself. So Doug and I are going to build our Lego machine while you watch this. Sh- we got a minute and 40 seconds to build something. So
2: Dave, get a before, minute.
1: Before we watch the video, I just want to let you know I'm going for it. I'm really going to try hard. I mean, I know you don't have a lot of experience, but are you going to put out a lot of effort here? Well, I mean, I'm going
0: to work really hard, and, and I don't want to embarrass you. Okay. I mean. I, by, I by having something so much better. I understand. So I, be I understand. am going to be very careful but, okay. that I don't overdo it. Okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to. I just want to know where you're at with it. Now I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm gonna take you down. <laughs> what are you gonna do? So, all right. All right. So, all right. A minute 40, I think it is, about the video. So, watch the video. Watch this amazing phenomenon as Doug and I do the same thing right here. So, Doug, let's go. Okay, Okay. Well, ready Dave, for the big reveal? You're the older, wiser one, and the more skilled, so why don't you go first? What do you mean by older?
1: I mean, you know, well. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay I, now don't feel any shame. Okay, right, I'll try You're going to gonna see this, and you're going to think, oh, man, okay. how can I ever top that? But there it is. Look at that little, like a go-kart Whoa. thing. Isn't that great? Can
1: you see it on the Okay, all right. Wait. So is there so, is there more to it, or is it just that? Right. There's not another. Well, it's I mean, like it's, it's like a triple
0: decker thing.
1: Yeah. It's uh, all of you know. It's about ten pieces in there. It's pretty good. You know. Well, not to. Uh, that's good. That's good. But okay. I. I thought we were well, supposed. See to... see what you got. I thought I, we were supposed to just follow pants. the instructions of the video. so right, Well, we just so want to this real quick. <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty sure it was an instructional video, right, Dave? You just follow the uh, What do you think? Pretty good? Yeah? Don't worry. There's always next time. There's always next time. All right.
0: Well, I, I guess I'll have to admit yours is maybe, maybe just a little bit better than me. I'm not sure. But, I told you uh, I had a lot of experience. Yeah. Mine gets better gas mileage, I think. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. true. <laughs> well, congratulations, Thank Doug. You. You, Thank you. you. did it. You shamed me. You, you came out on top. But well, Congratulations to you. Appreciate it. It's a great, great image of what happens when Legos are pieced together. And uh, actually, it's, uh, um, it's a perfect example because Doug is, is highly skilled and well-practiced in this thing. But uh, in all seriousness, you want to make sure that when you're a Lego or when you're an individual that whatever is being built into your life, whatever is being constructed through your life, whatever it is that uh, you believe in and want to pursue in life, it's always better to be in the hands of a skilled professional that knows how to build those things that count forever. And we're in the hands of Christ. Jesus Christ, through the gospel message, changes us, makes us a church family, And when he takes us like individual pieces of Legos and puts them together, you want to be in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing. Because Christ knows the beginning from the end. So that's the message. As a church family, we come together and allows God to build us. So thank you, Doug, for presenting. You you. are like Jesus to us here today. So thank Thank you very much. All right. Well, listen, one of the things that we do as a church family is that we know each other, we, we grow together, we, we understand each other, and uh, when you gather together around the turkey and the, all the trimmings on Thanksgiving Day, uh, you didn't really need name tags, you probably knew each other, right? You gather together and you might have had some new friends, some new people that you hadn't met before, but you begin to get acquainted. One of the things we want here at Calvary Church is that no matter how widespread we may be on a Sunday like this, we want you to know each other just a little bit more than when you walked into this room today. So I'm going to invite you to stand up and greet each other. You have name tags on. Would you make sure you know each other's names? You know, if you don't have a name tag, you can read, read it. And then ask and answer this question, what was the best part of Thanksgiving this year? What was the best part?
2: All right, we got about a 30 second warning, 30 seconds left. (laughs) Not right now. All right, let's go ahead and begin to take our seats. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you had a good time chatting. My name is Eric Wakeling, one of the pastors here at Calvary. And I'm going to just talk through this next little section of our vision that we are also growing, that we grow together. And the, the next part of it really is that we are being changed by the gospel, We are being changed by the gospel. We are continually being changed by the gospel. We don't just change once and then we stop changing. We don't just grow once and then we're done. We're always growing. We're always changing. And it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we want to have that sense of of who we are. But we also don't just grow so that we can then look just pretty and grown. We grow for a purpose. We're changed by the gospel for a purpose. Together we grow so that together we go. And uh, the little illustration just to refer to you that, that we can think about this with is that we are like a fishing net. Now, in the way that we are like a fishing net is that... Uh, this word uh, equipping in Ephesians 4.12, okay, where it talks about how we, we are all part—we all play different roles in the body of Christ together so that—and then we are equipped for the work of service and the building up of the body of Christ. All right, now we are equipped, it says. A root of that word, equipped, is this word that is used to mend fishing nets, Okay? It's this word to mend fishing nets. And now, what I want us to get with this whole thing, when we think about mending, and when we think about being equipped and growing and changing, I want us to have a sense of purpose in it. Okay? And now, when it comes to this whole thing with fishing, is that you have a fishing net, and as you see in the picture, you you throw the net out and you use the net, right? You use it to catch fish. It has a purpose. And then while it's being used... That net is actually getting kind of broken down in some ways. It could get caught on a rock or a tooth uh, of a fish or something. And over time, it begins to need mending. And so then the, um, the fishermen will go and mend those nets and fix them. Now, they don't just fix them and then kind of hang them up on a pretty display and use them to be fishing net displays. No, they fix them, they mend them so that they can then go out and fish again. They can use them. So we are equipped. We are changed by the gospel. We grow so that then we can go. So that we can be used by the Lord for great works for his kingdom. And so that's the mindset that we need to have when we think about this part of the vision. That we are being changed by the gospel continually so that we can be used. We are not just A show truck, like you would maybe see on the right over here. We're work trucks, okay? We don't just look pretty and sit there. We are used. We are useful. This VW bus is a bus that is, like, it actually works. This isn't just a a prop that we got. This is someone's bus that they drive around. So it is, but it's beautiful. It's been equipped well. And then it actually serves a purpose. So I want us to have that understanding That we as people, if we want to see this vision of Calvary Church be accomplished, we have to be men and women who are willing to grow. We have to be men and women who are willing to change. That when we want to see this happen, that we have to be always growing, always changing, and part of the sermon that we um, that we did a couple weeks ago on this very topic, we had this display that you 'll see down here at the front, and we all put away up on uh, this this picture of ways that we are growing and there 's a few things someone said i 'm growing in depth of trust someone said i 'm growing in serving i 'm growing in my courage to talk about Jesus to others. And that's what we we all need to be growing in whatever it is in our lives. Whatever part of it of us that needs to grow, we are working on that. We are asking the Holy Spirit to be working in us. But again, it's all for a purpose. Together we grow so that together we grow and love like Jesus across all cultures and generations.
0: Eric. Good got to be reminded that we are being changed by the gospel. We are not somehow manufacturing that change because we work harder than the next person. It's the Spirit of God that fills us once we commit our lives to Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. When we believe in Jesus, He forgives us of our sins, then Christ takes up residence in our life, and He says, I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit who's going to enable you to live the life that I've called you to live. So no one's just sort of cast out there and just hope somehow you will grow. There is the power of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Scriptures, the Bible, the church community that stimulates one another to love and good deeds. There are a variety of elements that God puts into our lives to allow us to change so that we become more like Jesus so that we can love across all cultures and all generations. So I want to emphasize this importance of loving like Jesus across all cultures and generations. We want to be that changed person Not just so that we can be sort of better in ourselves, but we want to change so that we can do something with it, so that God can work through us, so that we can love across all cultures and generations. Two things we emphasized just last Sunday as we went through this is that we want to show mercy, like the uh, Good Samaritan, where we suddenly have an opportunity to help someone who is in need, and it's sort of a spontaneous opportunity, and we can show mercy to those people. We can care for them. We can love them. Uh, And sometimes it's messy. Remember, it's a little bit sloppy. It's a little costly. It's inconvenient. It puts us out a little bit. But we want to be able to love on those spontaneous opportunities to show mercy. And then secondly, we need to be intentional sometimes. Like Peter going to Cornelius, a Jew going to a Gentile. That's not a natural course of action. Only because Christ changed Peter was Peter able to love that Gentile in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius... And Cornelius' heart was being changed by the gospel as well. So it gives us an opportunity to share the message of the love of Christ to those that are around us. We want to be that changed person so that we can love like Jesus to people that we think I could never have loved them before. Some of the beautiful testimonies, I'm able to love so-and-so because of what Christ did in me. Because in and of myself, I would never have loved for them. What they did, what they've done, what they did to me, who they are, I could never have love for them except that Christ changed me first. So how can I do no less than love them? So we want to be this kind of people that can actually exercise this ability to go out there as we love across all cultures and generations. One of the things that happens sometimes is the church. We be sort of used to each other. Uh, Joy and I had the privilege way back when we were at Dallas Theological Seminary to drive up about 40 miles north of Dallas, Texas, to a place called Denton, Texas. It's where the University of Texas is. And uh, we, along with three other seminary students, were privileged to be able to start a church called Denton Bible Church. And it's a pretty sizable church these days. But we were in on the ground floor of causing that church to be built up. One of the things we first did is we started out with a Methodist church that was there. It could have been any denomination. This happened to be Methodist. And one of the challenges that we faced was to invite college students, the university students, to our campus of that already existing church. And there was a lot of dear people that were part of that church that we uh, joined with, and they allowed us to preach on Sundays and become part of it. But one of the things that happened was this, is that as college students started coming and attending the church, there's probably 50 or 60 college students that would be there. We'd have them there Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'd do a little Bible study with them. But the longtime members of that church got frustrated. And I'd ask, well, why are you frustrated? Because between Sunday school and church, we have our little fellowship time, and the university students are drinking all the coffee, and there's nothing left for us. <laughs> so we're not liking the fact that you've got all these college students come in because we've kind of lost some of the things that we enjoy. Well, sometimes when you include others and you go across a culture or a generation, it sometimes means I have to change too. To welcome them, let me, let me illustrate. I want to show you, you know, in football there's huddles. So I'm going to invite our huddle people to come on up here. Sometimes in football you have a huddle where you gather together. Often it's a huddle where you are gathered around each other, arms around each shoulder so that uh, we can sort of form this uh, unit. So I'm going to invite us to huddle up here and show what often happens in football. But sometimes like in uh, our... Uh, Fledgling Denton Bible Church, there was a huddle. So we get together like this, and we sort of form this huddle, and it's really comfortable like this. And uh, we can see each other. We all have good breath and everything like that. And so it's, <laughs> it's a great experience to be able to huddle together like this. But sometimes there are people that say they want to get in the huddle, and, uh, you know, we say, well, well Chelsea, we're, we're glad to have you here. It's good to see you, well, but uh, we're, we're closed off. You, you have no room for anybody else. Sometimes relationships where we just, we're just all used up, filled up, I can't reach out to anybody else. And that's a tragic thing that happens in a church. Sometimes what we felt in Denton Bible Church, we never want to see it here at Calvary Church. Instead, what we need to do is to extend ourselves. And so we, we take one arm and we stay connected, but we begin to reach out with our other arm so that dear people like Chelsea can be part of that. But we don't want to close off because there might be even others that want to join in. So we always have our arms extended so that other people can be part of it. I don't know which arm it should be, but it's, you get the idea, all right? So thank you, huddle people, for viewing that. We never want to get to that place where we have closed off the huddle so that other people aren't welcome. Is it inconvenient at times? Sometimes it is. Is it difficult to change? Absolutely. And that's why we then left that established church and we started our own church. And sometimes when you start new, you have an opportunity to make it just exactly the way you want it. That's what we did. But sometimes you have an existing body and you want to continue to love like Jesus in the established body that is here. And that's who we are as a Calvary church. We want to reach across the divide of whether culture or generation. Loving like Jesus. I invite Matt to come out of here. Matt Davis has a great story of how this has happened here at Calvary Church. We extended the arms, and God did a great work. Matt, welcome.
1: Yeah, so many of you might not know that our staff gets together every Tuesday morning and we, we kind of get caught up. We pray together, worship together, and then every once in a while we do something called Stories Chapel. And so we get to share stories and testimonies of things that are going on in your lives, things that we can celebrate, things that we can be praying for. The difference between a testimony and a biography. Testimony is something that God has done, a work that he's done in your life. A biography it's kind of, it's still the story, but it's really all about you. The testimony is giving glory to God. So in this testimony, I just want to give glory to God in what he has done. So two months ago, September, I stood up here and gave a message. We talked about marriage and family and kind of coming out of shame and, and hope out of, out of shame and, and beauty from ashes. And we worked through that and we talked through that. After service, I came and I stood right here and there was a couple that came up to me. Nick and Didi and Nick and Dee came up and they, they said, look, um, I'm 72 years old and he's 65 and we've been living together for the last 22 years. We've been attending Calvary for the last three years. After hearing the message this morning, we've decided we feel compelled, not out of shame, but we feel compelled that we want to get married. And I said, that's awesome. Let's do this. When are you thinking? Let's go. And they said, you know, after 22 years of, of living together, you don't need a lot of premarital. We can, let's just make this happen, right? <laughs> when are you, when are you planning on, when, when would you like to do this? And really, like, they did not walk into church that morning thinking that this needed to happen. But it was something that God was stirring, putting on their heart. And so... They said, well, we're thinking maybe like uh, October, maybe late September, something like that. And I said, great, we don't need a lot of time. Let's, let's just make this happen. No, 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 a year from now, like next September, next October. And I, I said, well, look, man, God has put this on your hearts today, this morning. What are we waiting for? And they said, well, we have family back east. We want them to have some time to save up and plan a little bit, be able to come out. I said, let's get you married. We'll celebrate next year. Of a big party. It'll be awesome. They went out the next morning and they got their marriage license at the courthouse. And last month we got together in their house. There were about 15 of us. And even before that, Marilee and I we got to go over to their house and we just got to know each other and we got to connect in a way. And and I don't I did not know them before. I, I'm guessing that 98% of you don't know them at all. They're here today. I have no idea where you're sitting, but that's okay. But we got to know each other as family, and they treated us so well. We got to exchange stories, and we get to hear how God brought this about in their lives. And the following week, we were going to do a backyard wedding. It was raining. It was like, this only rains like, what, a couple days a year, and this happened here. So we moved it on into the living room, and there was about a dozen, 15 of us, and we just stood there in their living room. And one of the most amazing parts for me was that Nick he said, you know, this is something that I also really want to do because we will be honoring my parents, my 88 and 89 year old parents who have been praying for us over and over for these many years. I want to honor them. And so the day before he drove out to Arizona and picked them up and brought them back for this wedding. And look, I've been part of Weddings that have been $25,000 and $400,000, right? Like we spent tons of money on This was just gathering together in their living room. And it was informal and it was beautiful. And they stood there in front of me. And as they turned and they recited their vows to one another, just speaking from their heart, I I look just behind them and I see 89-year-old dad. And the son just catches a, a small tear that fell from his cheek. And I thought, this is what life change is about. This is what it means to be changed by the gospel. Not, here's lots of guilt and here's lots of shame. Because if you look at how Jesus did this, how he loved people, he never shamed people into turning towards him. He always loved people. And, and that was the example. And that was what happened That day, And so they were brought in and life has changed for them after living together for 22 years. And now he's at work and they're saying, you got married after all this time? Why? Let me tell you. Because oftentimes we come in here, we go in and we go out and, and there's very little change that happens. It's almost like a caterpillar that goes into its cocoon and then comes out again as a caterpillar. And I think for many of us, that is... How our life of growth and change is, is there's just not much. I say, I'm just as good of a guitar player as I was 20 years ago. That's okay as guitar players go, but as believers, we are called to be growing and to be changing. And as that happens, others around us are going to see that, and they're going to ask why. A month from now, you're going to start seeing newsreels about some of the craziest and best moments of 2016. Chicago Cubs will probably show up on that reel. Something about a presidential election might show up on that reel. For me, I will remember 2016, the story of Nick and Deedee and their amazing thing that God has done in them. And we praise God for that. Amen? Amen. I love that story,
0: when the Word of God speaks into a person's heart. And Christ begins to mold together the changes that the gospel can create. And then it's our privilege as we engage with people that maybe have a little bit different standard of life, that maybe it's different from what we've always believed or what the Scriptures teach. And yet it's our privilege to, t- to reach out to people with a love of Jesus, not judgment, not shame, as Matt said, but the love of Christ across all cultures, convictions, areas that are needing to be changed. We bring the love of Jesus to people, and we let Jesus do all the heavy lifting. We are simply there to love them as Christ loves them as well. Now, I want to invite you to be part of this in a more significant way. We have uh, around the room these various tables here with some markers on them, and we have spelled out the uh, vision statement that we have just been talking about, the entire statement, but it's in pieces around the room. And so I want to invite you to go to each of these stations and in the lines that are there, just write on those lines, in those lines, your name. It's your way of saying, I am committed to this vision as well. I want to be that church family that's better together. I want to continually be changed by the gospel. I want to be able to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. And we can each sign various portions of it, Then we're going to put it all together at some point and show that we as a church family are committed to this vision as well. My name is on the slogan or the vision statement that we have. And so we want you to be part of that vision of Christ working through us as we move into the future we're going to have a time of worship and opportunity for you to do that so you have plenty of time go to the station that's closest to you and uh, begin to sign your names on it but before we do that I want to invite you to have in your hand this little card that's in the bulletin it's our vision statement that uh, you can read through you can keep it in fact it is such that it fits perfectly, if you would like to do so, in a frame like this one. It is the perfect size for a custom, not a custom-made frame, but a frame that you can purchase, and it's something to be a reminder, or put it under a magnet on your refrigerator. On the back side, I've written a prayer, and I want this prayer to be a prayer for us as we look into the future, and so as you bow before me, you can read it together on your own quietly as I speak it out loud. And let's let this be the prayer for Calvary Church as we reflect upon the vision that he's given to us and how then after this prayer we can come and sign our name and say, yes, I want to be part of this vision that God has given to us as well. So let me pray this prayer together. Lord, even as we thank you for how you blessed us for 85 years, We still seek your guidance and counsel as we strive for 100 years and more of ministry. Lord, please continue to direct our steps. Keep us trusting in your gracious power. May we constantly seek your will and plans for Calvary Church. Lead us, Lord, so that we love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. Keep us faithful when tempted. Keep us persevering when tired. Keep us looking up to you as circumstances may distract us. And keep us strengthened when weak. With Jeremiah we prayerfully agree with you, Lord. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. May all our plans and desires be to know you, to carry out your loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth for your eternal delight. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Let's worship together. Come and sign. Join us in the vision.